This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. Hey, in a lot of the intros, you've heard me talk about brothers from another mother and sisters from another mister. And I got to tell you today, talking with my friend Eric, he is one of my brothers from another mother. Um, we've we've known each other for a little while now, and he's he is one of my favorite people. And I got to tell you, you know, the fact that you're sitting here listening to this right now means that there's something in today's episode that you need to hear. Um, Eric is an amazing man with an amazing story. In fact, he's one of those guys that we're probably going to have to have on multiple times because I'm sure we're not going to get through everything we want to talk about today. So with that, make sure and pop in your headphones, sit back, tune in, and relax as we play that episode now. You are jamming with Jason Mefford where you hear inspiring interviews with some amazing people. Some are famous, some may seem ordinary, and they are all doing extraordinary things to positively change the world. Sometimes it's just you and me having an intimate and authentic conversation about how you can change the world around you and rewrite the story of your life by being more authentic, accepting and loving yourself more, and spreading love to others since really all you need is love and what the world needs now is love sweet love we discuss all aspects of self-improvement growth and so much more great content insightful advice that's practical and helpful to anyone that listens you're always eager to come back for more and share with your friends and family since you learn something in every episode. So sit back and enjoy the easy listening while you feel seen and heard in this informative, authentic, and entertaining podcast. Now, let's roll that beautiful podcast footage. All right, Eric. <laughs> All right, beautiful intro. You ready to go, man? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Oh, man. You know, it's, uh, I, there is so much about you that I still have to learn about and understand. I mean, it's like every time we talk, and literally, folks, we talk for hours when we talk. Okay. Hours. I just, I'm just blown away by you and by the life um that you've had um and you know i know i know in today's episode we didn't we didn't want to have anything you know specific we just kind of wanted to let the conversation go where it feels like it needs to go but maybe if you just take a minute or two and just kind of give people just a really high level of who you are because people that know you know you Right. But a lot of the people that don't, I mean, how, how do you kind of describe who you are to people in, 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 a, in a little snapshot so people can start getting an idea of who you are? Awesome. Yeah. You know, I think 
I think that's sort of a two-part answer because in this 3D world, we have to build credibility for ourselves. And we do that through all of our accolades. I'm a so-and-so, uh, I'm a title of this, <laughs> I'm a doctor, I'm yeah. a whatever, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously we are, um, you and I, especially soul brothers, we've known each other for many lifetimes. And we are uh, truly cosmic beings here having this physical experience. And I think my uh, the most important side of me is the spiritual side, where I believe in frequency and vibration and energy. And I believe in all the things that are magic in this world. And I believe that nothing happens by accident. And as far as who I am with my accolades, you know, I'm a serial founder. I've been starting businesses since uh, since I got out of high school and uh, for a financial business doing mortgages. I currently own a financial business doing credit card processing. I own a fintech company building software for the financial industry. And I am the most amazing dog father that you've ever seen. My son, who's sitting behind me, Steele just had his fifth birthday yesterday, and we took the day off and celebrated the whole day, hiked the mountain together, and just had a great time. So that should give you a little bit about me. Well, and I think I think that's important, you know, like you said, because I, I think that um, so much of the time, like you said, we get stuck in the 3D and the accolades, and we're trying to, like, impress everybody, right, with with what we do and what my job is and what I've accomplished and all that kind of, it really is kind of bullshit at the end of the day, right? Because it's, it's not who we are. It's not who we are, even as a human being, let alone as a cosmic being, it's, it's not who we are. Right. But, but that's how we tend to introduce ourselves to everybody else. And it's, it's kind of interesting because I, I don't like getting put in a box. And so even for me, it's like that when people ask me, I kind of give them this like runaround because I don't even know what to tell people because I'm I'm a multidimensional kind of person in all different ways, right? I mean, I'm not one thing or five things. I'm lots of different things. And that's that's kind of where, where, where you were headed and kind of the way that you're trying to explain yourself as well. It's a very difficult question to answer if you really understand yourself and you understand your mission on this earth. Like that question could take hours and hours to answer like who you are. And so, which is probably why we all tend towards the superficial because it's so much easier to say, I'm a CEO than it is to really say what you are. But, but I think for the purposes of this podcast, it's important not to focus on that surface level information well and i think to you know i know i know for a lot of people myself included right i mean to to be to not be superficial is sometimes a little scary right because it means we have to actually let people in we have to kind of show them who we are or share something about ourselves that a lot of time kind of leaves us open and vulnerable, right? And I don't know if you, I mean, do you experience the same thing? Is that, is that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's taken me years 
to get myself out of the 3D sort of rabbit race and and um, and really start connecting with people on a soul level. It really has because my first, you know, I fell into sort of a shamanic death, if you will. Um, my first one was I was 26 years old. And I was I owned my own uh, mortgage company. I was making tons of money every month, hand over fist. I had come from a troublesome background um, as a kid, growing up really poor in the projects, ended up homeless and in the foster system, which you know a lot of that. But uh, I always thought that money was going to solve my problems. Like when you're poor in the projects and, you, and you're growing up that way, it's like money is all you need. And so obviously money is going to cure everything. And then you can blame that your depression is because you don't have money. The, the reason why you feel homesick and confused is because you don't have any money. The reason why you're insecure is because you don't have any money. And there's all these things that you're feeling as an adolescent, and especially a poor one, where you can blame it on the money. So then the money comes. So now I'm sitting there. I bought my first home. I bought my first really nice car. I had all these friends that I never had before. Pretty girls wanted to hang out with me. And uh, you live in the beer commercial, man. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't I couldn't get out of bed in the mornings because I was too afraid to face the day. I'd keep my face under the covers and I'd and I'd roll around when the alarm went off and I just wouldn't want to wake up. I'd want to go back into my dreams because I didn't feel depressed in my dreams. And, and I just was miserable. And I think that was the first real breakdown I had. Cause then I started panicking, like, Oh my God, wait a minute, my whole life, this was the solution. And I'm finally here and I feel worse. And, um, and so that real breakdown put me into this frenzy and uh, I was suffering from anxiety and I was just really, I could, I mean, just the details of it is, is, a uh, is a lot of trouble, but, but I know sort of, if I could sum it up, there were moments when I'd be like driving and I would just want to stare my car into a brick wall. Like I'd see a wall and I would just, and I would have urges to just turn the wheel and drive into that wall. And it wasn't suicide. I was, I didn't want to die. It was the anxiety in my chest was so powerful and so overwhelming and I was so lost that I needed something to sort of like shake it out of me. And I just didn't know what could happen. And I would literally fight off urges to just wreck my car. The car, you know, wasn't a big deal. And I just like needed something to shake me. And I ended up stumbling across an Eckerd Tolley book called Mm -hmm. A New Earth. Mm -hmm. I read that one. Yep. Yep. And I took that book really seriously. The way that I read that book, there was about 30 chapters and I started on chapter one and I told myself I was going to read one chapter a day. And no matter what I read, I was going to create that circumstance in my life. And so like the first chapter was like about a meditation and and going to a field and closing your eyes and listening. And so for that day, I did that. And then the next day I read the next chapter and I just sort of turned it into this workbook for me. And by the time the 30 days was over, the anxiety was completely gone. I was a completely different human being already. And this isn't going to work for everybody. I think I was ready. I think it was timing. I was ready. I I can pick up on things I read. Some people are more visual or auditory. Um, so it worked for me. But 
really falling into into that pain and that confusion and then finding an anchor to get out of it was huge for me and i have been on this insane spiritual journey ever since and that was though that was 2005 so and it's 2023 now so that was a while ago a little while so, ago yeah, it's been quite a journey yeah well and and i think it's it's important you know what what you brought up there because i think 90 90 of the people that are listening to this are probably still in that mindset that you were back then right i mean i grew up poor you know we were lower income you know we weren't in the projects but but you know my family had some serious financial issues my dad should have probably gone bankrupt and chose not to which meant you know instead of getting rid of all the debt we we spent you know he spent the next 20 years trying to get out from underneath it my mom had to go back to work you know i started having to go to work when i was 8 years old with my dad right because we couldn't afford uh childcare during the summertime and so i started working every every you know holiday summer weekends with my dad starting when i was 8 right and and so i understand that right of, of that feeling like God, you know, if we just had some money, then everything would be all right, right? If we just had money, then I wouldn't be depressed. If I just had money, then I wouldn't be hungry. If I just had money, then I, I wouldn't have to wear the rustler jeans when everybody else is wearing Levi's, right? I mean, that was me. That was me, right? And, and, I, and I get the sense you, you kind of had a lot of that same sort of stuff too. And probably a lot of the people listening had that too right but because of that we get put in that believing that when i have money when i have money when i have money right and and the problem is most people never have millions of dollars so they're always still sitting there thinking you know when i make 50,000 a year when i make 100,000 a year right and they have these kind of you know, levels in their head that once I get to this point, everything's going to be great. And I think most people that are listening would say, well, once I have a million dollars or once I have millions of dollars, then everything's going to be okay. But it's not, is it? Because you've surpassed those, right? And again, most people that are that make millions of dollars, everybody thinks their life is so great and everything must be fine, right? But when you had this issue when you were 26, right? It's like, you'd already gone past that. And, it, and the money didn't get you out of all of it. It made it worse because then you're, you're hiding your emotions behind buying things and you go and you buy something for yourself and you and you have a nicer jacket and you think you look cooler and you're just hiding your own insecurities and you're able to mask it even to yourself. I was my biggest fool for a while. And I think breaking through that was also important was realizing, you know, if I could go back and talk to myself at a younger age, I would just make sure that I knew that if all the things I'm saying I needed money to fix, if I could find a way inside myself to just fix that, the money wouldn't matter anymore, first of all. But second of all, the money would come a lot faster. 
and a lot more abundantly because you have to free up all that negative energy and all those frequencies in order to attract it. And I'm a huge, huge believer of the law of attraction and frequency sinking and manifestation because I've done it. I mean, when I was homeless on the streets, I remember falling asleep in a, in a field. And we, I lived in a very bad neighborhood where there was a lot of racism and a lot of senseless violence. And uh, a skinny little 12-year-old white boy sleeping in a grass field in the middle of the projects, I could have woke up with a knife in my back. And, and as I'm laying there thinking, am I going to wake up alive tomorrow? I lay my face in the dirt. And as I'm falling asleep, I'm actually enjoying myself because I'm visualizing myself as an adult cruising around in a Lamborghini and living this like amazing lifestyle that I had no way of, of knowing would ever come true, just daydreaming. And it was a moment of happiness and peace where, where I was sleeping in this grass field, which it had just rained the night before. So it was wet and muddy and cold. Virginia gets really cold in the winter. And and I'm like really enjoying this thought and I fall asleep and it's, you know, you don't choose the memories you keep. You know, I think back to my childhood and I maybe have 20 or 30 memories out of all those years and you don't know which ones are going to stick. And I had no idea at the time that this was going to be a pivotal memory for me, but, but then in, in the future, you know, I do have the Lamborghini and I, and I know that I manifested it in that manner. And I can, and that's just one small example of something that started a long time ago as a kid, obviously. But the energy sinking is real, which is why it's important to live in gratitude for every moment and not just your money. And, you know, I'm in gratitude every single day for, for the simplest things. I know you do the money or the water blessings. You know, every time you take a sip of water, be in gratitude for that. Every time I pet my dog, I'm in gratitude. Every time I go to the gym and I can use my muscles, I'm in gratitude. And I think vibrating in that frequency is one of the most important parts to getting what you want out of life. And that isn't happening when you're blaming all your problems on things you don't have. Now you're in that scarcity mindset. And look, I'm not a coach. I'm not trying to give advice. And so I hope I don't sound like your typical uh, self-help coach, because I really, that's not what I'm, what I'm trying to accomplish right now. And that's not who I am. I just want to make sure that my experience in life is kind of coming through clear. Well, no. And I think, and that's, that's one thing that I, that I appreciate about you and that, that I do try to do myself. I mean, I've never, I've never fully embraced that word coach. You know, it's like, I just share what I know and what I've experienced, what I've lived, what works for me, share what's worked for other people, you know, as well. And so, you know, again, I mean, people can take it, they can, they can hear it, they can do something about it, they can not do anything about it. I don't care, right? I mean, everybody has free will and free choice on what they want to do, but you know, especially for those people that maybe aren't a little familiar, because <clears throat> I, I know you've used the term energy sinking a couple of times to just maybe kind of in your own way, kind of explain this to people, because, you know, as, as there's a lot of people out there talking about law of attraction and abundance, and they're using all these words, but you and I know you know, 80, 80 to 90% of those people that are out there spilling their guts and using those words, 
They have no fucking clue what they're talking about. They're just copycatting other people. They're taking pictures of themselves next to cars that they don't own <laughs> or mansions that they don't have and, and trying to say, you know, they're, they're just faking it. You don't fake it. I mean, this is your life, but, but what does that, what does that mean? How do you describe that to people? How, how, how did you kind of get through that or to, to help people kind of understand what that means separate from the bullshit that most people are throwing out there? Yeah. It's really funny that you say that because that was one of my biggest confusing thought processes as I was younger. And I, and I could never figure it out because when you're starving to death and you can't get food, it's really hard to manifest food, you know, and, and you have to understand that that manifesting and attracting and sinking it doesn't happen overnight. It things inside you can change in an instant, though, and that's what's important. And so, if you're saying, you know, bring me this car, what you're really saying is you don't have it, and what you're actually attracting is scarcity. And if you're saying bring me this money, what you're really saying is you don't have the money, and you're attracting scarcity. And so, a lot of people that are using the law of attraction are using it backwards and they're actually repelling what they're trying to attract and they don't even know it. And I think for me, what's worked for me, and I know, and I know for sure that this is what did it okay? <laughs> because I can, I can see my life before and I can see my life during, and I can see my life after these experiences. And so when I was going through scarcity and I had a chip on my shoulder and, you know, I was doing all the, all the wrong things and we can go more into my background and give people some clarity on, on what I'm talking about. Cause I really did learn the hard way. And I really did. I, I was shoved into a dark hole, but I kept digging my hole deeper because I felt helpless and hopeless. And, and I just sort of in that situation you just kind of start pouting with the universe and you make things worse than they had to be and coming out of it for me with the law of attraction and I don't even like to say law of attraction because it's just such a cliche uh, that it's almost you know people are going to disconnect from the podcast by even mentioning it because they've heard <laughs> it so much the truth is is if you want a better life for yourself you have to be that better life before it shows up so that you can sink to that frequency. And that doesn't mean, oh, you have to make a hundred bucks to gain a hundred bucks to sink to the frequency. It means this. If you really want to focus on the law of attraction, close your eyes for a few moments before bed at night. This is what I do is I'll close my eyes and I'll visualize my life right now. And I didn't make this up. So, you know, I'm not, but I'll visualize my life right now. And I'll think about my whole day. I'll go through the whole day. Here's what I did. Here's how I acted. Here's how I responded to this. Uh, one, one thing I pick up on is how reactive I can be. Sometimes I can go a whole month without reacting once. And then sometimes just on the drive to the gym in the morning, I can react six times to somebody driving too slow or cutting me off. And then I realize, you know, maybe I need to take a step back and find out what's inside me that's reacting right now. But, but I'll focus on right now. Once I've got a really clear picture on right now, I start visualizing what I want for myself. And it'll be, you know, I dream big. And so it's going to be, I'm visualizing me 
with my private jets and I own all these houses. And so I can go anywhere I want in the country or Greece, everywhere. And everywhere I go, I have my own house with a car in the garage and I can just fly from place to place and go to Aspen and ski. And I got a Hummer in the garage. I can go to Tahoe, you know, wherever I want to go, I own a house and I have a car in the garage. And I just have like this grand idea of building this huge business that impacts all these people. And uh, I want to build some things for the inner city kids that have uh, single family, single parent households. I want to build like sort of an after school program for these guys where they don't have to pay to be there and they can get boxing lessons and stuff like that. Just fun stuff that I want to create and I want to impact thousands of people. So I visualize this as if it's happening right now and I can see myself flying to these places and I can see myself and these are my dreams you have, you know, people can visualize whatever they want for themselves. They can just be visualizing. I want to be able to have a hot meal for my kids that didn't get microwaved. You know, who knows what their, what, what their next step in abundance is. But the whole time that you're visualizing this lifestyle, you're really taking, you're tuning into who you are in that moment. You're feeling the joy and you're feeling the gratitude. And you're like, damn, this feels amazing. I can have anything I want. I can go anywhere I want. I feel so accomplished. People like me. People respect me. And you're feeling what it feels like to be in that role. And you're really getting into character inside your mind. Then you sort of switch into this like third screen where you're back in today's life. Here you are now. But in this life, you're being the person from the last screen. So how can I be here right now? I'm not a billionaire. I don't have all these homes. I don't have private jets and I haven't impacted 100,000 kids in the inner city like I want to do. I'm not anybody's hero right now. But I can act like I am and vibrate at that frequency so that I attract that into my life. That becomes a reality in my life because of frequency sinking. And so by being that person in the now, that person becomes you in the future. It's like a magnet. But if you're sitting here and you're saying, I want a hundred bucks, what you're really saying is I don't have a hundred bucks. And now that's what you've created in the future for yourself is I don't have a hundred bucks, right? So you have to be careful what you're doing with the law of attraction. And I never speak an ill word about myself. If I'm sick, I won't say I'm sick. I don't feel good. You know, I'll say something else. I'll say something along the lines of, you know, like if I am actually sick and I and I can't like function, I'll just say I'm going to I need some rest or I'm going to take some rest. I'm not on all my cylinders today or something, you know, but I don't allow myself to speak ill towards myself in any circumstance at all, no matter what. And if somebody asked me how I'm doing, I could be having the worst day or I could have one of those reactive days where I just reacted to seven people on the freeway for no reason. And I'm standing here irritable for no reason. I can't figure it out yet. And someone says, how are you? I feel like a million bucks. How are you? Because I'm not going to say, man, I feel like irritable shit right now. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. And so there's those little things, you know, we have to watch our words. And you have to watch your thoughts. You don't want to think it either because your thoughts are outside of you. We can think faster than the speed of light. So, I mean, these things... These things are very important with how you're manifesting your life. And I think harnessing that is so simple. It's so simple. Like literally, okay, don't speak ill about myself. Don't think negative thoughts and act 
as if I've already accomplished what I want to accomplish and, and radiate at that frequency and have gratitude for it, even though it's not here yet. Have gratitude for it. And then have gratitude for what you do have. You do have a sip of water. Be grateful. So that's a simple idea that probably took me 15 years to really master. Because as simple as it is, your brain reverts back to what it knows. You know, my brain was like, fuck the world for so many years that I can just like real quickly. And, um, and so it took time. It takes time. And it takes the most important thing that it takes is attention. And I think so many people are out there. So many fluoride brains are just out there floating through the world, not paying attention. That that's the scarcity we have in the world is the people aren't paying attention. Yeah, and I think it's yeah, I think it's you know because because you've even done this for me done this for me right is where where sometimes I sometimes I said something something's come out of my mouth mouth and you've caught me on you've caught me yeah and I didn't even realize I was saying right but but sometimes that just happens. And, you know, again, at, the, at that point, and see, this is, again, where it's it's kind of like oxymoronical in, in, a, in a way, right? Because the minute that happens, my first inclination is, oh, I did something bad, right? Well, that's another negative thought. It's like, what am I doing? No, right? Okay, right? And we just kind of move move forward from there. But I think it's, you know, especially that energy sinking, right, is is to where, you know, especially for people that are familiar with music, right? It's like if you've got two dissonant tones that are together or there's reverberation, right? Like, like actually my handpan drum over here, if I, if I make a loud noise or if I talk, sometimes it will, it'll kind of vibrate, and pick up from me what's going on right and so that's the ver you know the frequency and the vibration that i'm actually giving to the drum and the drum is giving back to me right and so you know like you said simple things watch your words watch what you're saying no negative thoughts you know be the person now that you see yourself as when you have what it is that you have and to be grateful right i think that's why it's so important you know that i've i've worked on a lot more myself is just to be grateful for every little thing and to place more attention and awareness on that right because again it's like even if i'm not like visualizing everything in the future exactly yet if i'm grateful for what i have now i'm i'm vibing if you will now the way i should be right yep and there's people listening that maybe don't have things to be grateful for right now and I, you know i was growing up on the streets homeless i've been in a situation where i was shivering so hard i thought my back was going to break and i had nothing to stay warm and I remember being so hungry. I literally thought I was going to die of starvation. That's how hungry I was. And when I finally was able to get into a 7-Eleven and steal a candy bar to eat and I ate it, 
I was hungry again a half an hour later, and I remember thinking that I was being tormented and tortured by God. I always thought that hunger was the biggest fuck you to the human race. Like, oh, yeah, here you go. You're hungry all the time, insatiable, nothing you can do about it except work. And in those times, I wasn't grateful for anything. But like the Lamborghini conversation in the field, I was grateful for the thought of a better future. And if that's all you have to hang on to, at least there's something, right? So find gratitude somewhere. If you're if you're really down and out listening to this podcast and you really can't think of getting, being grateful, I mean, like a sip of water, you can be grateful for that. But if you're homeless and you don't even have the water, then it might be difficult. I just don't want people to be like, oh, this guy doesn't get it. He's out of touch. The truth is, is there's always something to be grateful for. And if you want to fight it, and stay scarce, then fight it. But you can also find it and be abundant. Well, and I think it's interesting because like you said, you know, <clears throat> you, you don't ever say, hey, I'm having a bad day. I feel like a million bucks. Hey, folks, yeah. there's, a, <laughs> there's a great thing to just start saying, right? Every every time uh, somebody asks you, so how you doing? Hey, I feel like a million bucks, right? Yep. Um, hey, even if you don't believe it, say it. Right. I mean, you say it enough, you're going to start believing it. But, you know, I've I've kind of started doing some of the same stuff where, you know, some days I'll wake up with a headache. And, you know, most people that have headaches, they're like, oh, my gosh, I got a headache. I can't stand. It. Oh, my head. Oh, my head. Right. Kind of thing. Right. Where I've started to say, wow, I can feel my head. <laughs> I must be alive. <laughs> right. That actually being able to, you know, or a little bit of back pain or something like that, right? It's like, I know it's going to pass. You know, I, I I don't have headaches for very long because I, I I do a pretty good job of moving my attention away from it. Um, and, you know, again, if, 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 <laughs> if, if I didn't feel my head, I'd probably be dead. Well, yeah. I'd, ra I'd rather have a headache than be dead. <laughs> and there's a message there from your body i mean we're we're cosmic beings but we are in this meat suit and there's a and you can you know it's nice to to think about the message that your body's telling you did i drink too much did i not sleep enough is there was i mad all day and festering like what did i do to cause this headache why is this the message i'm getting now and then you know it's and that's part of the paying attention. You know, it's the it's the little, it's the details that matter in life. And if you're paying attention to everything, then it's easier to, to exponentially grow your ascension into this world, whether it's a spiritual ascension or a money ascension or a connection or impact, whatever your goal is. It's all the details are going to matter. And so even something as simple as that, like, okay, my head hurts. Thank God I'm alive. I'm so glad my head hurts. You know who doesn't feel headaches are dead people. So a headache is a problem of the living. And so that's a beautiful thing. And then why do I have a headache? Well, I had way too much wine last night. So maybe tonight I'll have a little less wine. <laughs> so, which is a conversation I have with myself all the time. And I just, you know, that's... I just can't seem to get a hold of that. I'm always waking up like, yeah, tonight I'm going to have a little less wine. 
And then tonight comes and I'm just enjoying myself, having a good old time. And then I wake up and it's like maybe less wine. But you know, I mean, we all have our <laughs> we all have our problems, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, like you said, we we all have our own little demons, if you will, that we're that we're working through. And sometimes it takes us longer than others to get through it, but the more awareness you can place on it you know the the better and the easier it is for us to end up kind of working working through it and you know i mean again everybody who's who's listening to this i mean i don't know if we're going to have enough time today to get into your whole story but eric knows what he's talking about i mean you've already kind of heard a little bit of stuff about you can kind of read a little bit into it the life he had up until <laughs> 26 would make one hell of a documentary in fact it's going to make about three books i think you're working on right triple book. yeah just yeah it's, it's going to be a trilogy you know sort of thing because again i mean it's like every time i learn more about eric it's like holy shit i mean for one thing honestly i can't believe you're alive you know with with a lot of the stuff that you've actually gone through but that you're doing as well as you are right because a lot of the things that people have gone through that you've gone through they're depressed they're they're they hate life they're you know blaming everybody else they and they just can't seem to get out of it but you've gotten out of it right which i think is so beautiful and why i want to share you with people as well right because you're a living breathing example of hope right? Hope. And, you know, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Well, you are perfect, but I'm not perfect, <laughs> you know? No, we're but, not perfect. It, but, but none of us are, but we're just trying to do the best that we can each day. And I think, I think that's, that's an important thing. Actually, I just, we just watched a, a documentary last night. Jonah Hill just came out with a new documentary. I don't know if you've seen it. It's about his therapist. No. And, it's actually pretty good, but but one of the one of the things that his therapist talks about is a a pearl of strings. And so it's like each day you just every act is a pearl. And every day you're just putting one pearl on at a time. Doesn't matter what it is. You know, you get out of bed in the morning, you're putting a pearl on, you know, you do the next thing, you're just putting a new pearl on. But they're not perfect pearls either. Each one of them has a turd on it or a turd in it, right? I mean, it's like, but you're just doing the best you can, just kind of stringing your pearls every day, right? As many times as you can. And it's just that that's that putting one foot in front of the other every day. And, you know, like you said, hey, if six times you were reactive on the way to the gym, tomorrow you're going to do better right? Or that's your intention. That's where you're going to place your attention uh, of trying to, to, to do it different. And sometimes things are going to come up from our past, right? I mean, you think that you've dealt with this thing and all of a sudden you peel back a little more layer and it's like, whoa, where the fuck did that come from, right? Because I, I wanted to bring up the pennies in your pocket because I know we've talked about this and I think this is such a great metaphor but it ain't even a metaphor right it's like it's what we're all living to truly right so can you kind of explain 
the pennies in the pocket and kind of what that what that represents yeah well that's uh the pennies in the pocket are something i still battle with today and after all these years and um and because it kind of ties into the pennies in the pocket and what you were saying before about you know being reactive and all these things i think one of the most important things that we can do on this journey is uh try to find some grace and so when i am reactive and i accidentally am just like i get cut off and i'm like fuck you you know and, I, I come out of that moment present. I get back into the present moment and I clear it. I delete it and I don't judge myself. I handle it gracefully. I don't judge myself for it. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why am I mad? I'm 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 very loving to myself. And I always make sure that I'm handling these situations with grace. And so people who are on this path and they start taking a step backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards, it's just really important to find that grace. And that also is one of these that took me the longest to, to find, because then you'll start identifying every as a fuck up or as a angry person, like you don't want to identify as anything. And, and so that grace and that, and that love, that self-love is really important, but going back into the pennies in the pocket, um, as we start self-helping ourselves or getting past experiences and, and moving on, we will oftentimes think that we've overcome an obstacle because we buried it so deep. We've basically taken something traumatic in our lives and it's and we put it in a pocket like like a penny in your pocket. Okay. So if you imagine all these things um, that you're going through that bother you, and everything's relative. So one person have gone through something and, and somebody else something that seems so simple but it's equally as is emotionally draining and traumatizing so you have these pennies in your pocket that you think that you've overcome because you didn't actually work on it you didn't actually relive it release the trauma release the emotions you just buried it and so what happens is you end up thinking it's gone and then one day at some random moment for some random reason, you stick your hand in your pocket and oh, there's that penny, you found it. And then you have to relive that experience over again or because of it, you're angry, you get in a fight with your lover, you, you know, yell at your kids, who knows what you have going on in your life, but, but you become reactive and angry and then you sort of live with this baggage and all of these problems that are sort of following you around like a black cloud and you never know when they're going to appear because they're always there and so it's just really important as things come up for you that you don't bury them and uh, and i buried a lot of things and that have come up at the worst times and like he said we don't it always does <laughs> but but man, I've got I've I've had some some things happen that were triggered because of these pennies in my pocket that I didn't know were there and they sneak up on you. And and it's very important to really understand the difference between burying something, being like, oh, I'm woke now. I went and did an ayahuasca journey with a shaman and I killed my ego. So there's nothing there. And that's bullshit. Okay. You're definitely carrying these pennies around. And so just as they come up, it comes back into the grace. You know, maybe you get reactive, maybe you get angry, maybe you start crying, 
Um, and Jason's seen me cry. <laughs> so, You've seen me cry. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was like, are we going to be crying today? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure we will on a future episode at some point. So. Yeah, it gets it gets heavy, but um, and so I think the like my biggest hurdle right now because I don't have it all figured out, and we've discussed this, is that there are some pennies that I am so strongly identified with, and 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 also so guilty about that I can't throw them away because my self-identity like revolves around them and and some of these are so traumatic and so painful these are the ones that i should be getting rid of first and i've tried to relive them and get rid of them and they keep coming back and i just literally unable to get these pennies out of my pocket able to i know how to because all it takes is a decision you just have to decide and that's the funny thing is it's really that easy is I can just like, eh, it's gone and never deal with it again. But because my identity is so wrapped up in these experiences, it makes it very difficult. And I think that's the ultimate enlightenment and the ultimate freedom is when the, that identity is finally gone, ego is gone and all those pennies are gone. And you're just a free spirit. You're a floating ball of light in this world, radiating to others, and which is how I visualize myself. And these pennies don't come out often. So you might think that I am this ball of light all the time, but when the pennies come out, they come out pretty hard. And so um, I think that's my next step is like, how do I take a step back from carrying these experiences around and um, not allowing them? to go yeah no because i've i've thought about this a lot since we talked about it and you kind of brought this up as as an analogy right um to the point too where i mean i'm 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 gonna kind of play with it a little bit too i mean i, I told you i picked up i found a couple of pennies when i was out on my walk and i put them in my jacket and i just left it there so that every time i stick my hand in my pocket it reminds me of the concept right but you know i think I think most of us feel like we've dealt with our shit, but most of us haven't dealt with our shit. We've just, we've just pushed it down. You're showing up as back pain or headaches or neck or cancer, these other things that show up in your body because we're not actually dealing with them. And, you know, I know for me, like you said, you go along, you think everything's fine. You stick your hand back in your pocket and you're like, oh shit, that's right. That's still there. All this stuff starts bubbling back up, right? We relive this whole pain again, right? And at that point, we've effectively got this penny in our hand. And at that point, we can say, I'm going to throw out the penny. Or does the penny go back in your pocket? Now, it takes a lot of courage sometimes to throw that penny, because I know for myself, I'm just like you, Eric. I put some of those pennies back in my pocket, right? Because I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with the consequences, potentially, of getting rid of that penny. And again, it's only a penny, right? It, it's not really that big of a deal in, in the eternal nature anyway, 
but it seems so heavy, right? Because there's, there's usually a consequence associated with getting rid of one of those paintings. And a lot of times we just don't want to take that short-term pain at the time. And so the penny goes back in our pocket. And it sits there, we go, we go along our merry business for who knows, six months, a year, two years, 10 years, right? I mean, I've stuck my hand in my pocket and pulled shit out from 20 years ago. And it's like, I thought I dealt with that. <laughs> I guess I didn't, it was still there, right? But you know, that we're all that way. And, and again, it's just more of that awareness, right? You wanna put the penny back in your pocket? Put the penny back in your pocket. But you're going to find it again later, <laughs> right? Yeah. Or you throw it out. And I, and I think what I'm going to start doing too is literally, I mean, I got a whole, you know, one of those old Coke bottles that you put all your change in. I got like a whole thing full of pennies. So I think I'm going to start actually pulling out pennies and physically using the pennies as a way to get rid of shit. Clean them all up work out my frustrations on those pennies if I need to put a you know write on it or whatever and then throw that fucker out right yeah. or leave it leave it for somebody else to find on their walk or throw it in the ocean or throw it in the in the garbage but but to actually make a physical representation and physical manifestation of that thing that I'm getting rid of too, right? Because there's a lot of stuff in, in spiritual practice or other things like burning things, right? Is kind of cleansing and transform, trans, transmutational, transformative as well that I'm gonna start playing with it. Because I think- Yeah, I've I, done I, it. Have you, and you've, done, you've actually physically done that too, right? Oh yeah, I've done it. And it, so if you want to be abundant, you want to pick up all the pennies on the road and you want to save money to be abundant. Like if the universe is giving you money freely and easily, you want to accept it. That way the universe will keep giving you money freely and easily. So, um, so you do want to make sure that if you are leaving the penny out, you leave it out for somebody else to pick up, you know, then you're part of the Ine of the universe. Don't, I wouldn't throw it in the dirt or throw it in the ocean because somebody else could pick it up and they could uh, receive abundance from it. So I do, but I'm, I've thrown out hundreds. I mean, I've physically, I'll pick them up off the street because I live in abundance. And if I get money freely and easily, I want that. And so I'll pick it up and I'll hang on to it. And then I'll assign it to something that comes up and then I'll get rid of it. And it really is as simple as deciding and just walking away from it, treating that traumatic experience like a cloud in the sky, like it's gonna float by. You can't reach it, you can't grab it, you can't hold on to it. It's just gonna blow by and then it's gone. And so you're holding that penny, that's that cloud in the sky, you're letting it blow by and then it's gone. And it just never has to come back again. And even if the idea comes back, you're not deleting memories. Even if the idea comes back, it doesn't emotionally affect you because you've given up the trigger. So, I think that's an important thing is to physically experience that. And, and then you'll then you'll finally end up with those few pennies that you can't get rid of. And for all kinds of reasons, I've got dead people that I'm afraid to get rid of the penny. Like I owe them sadness, you know. And if I get rid of that penny and I get rid of the emotional trigger that I'm no longer sad for them, then it was a waste of a life and I owe them sadness, which isn't fair to them or me, really. 
So those pennies will be gone soon. Um, well, but I, I think I wanted to touch touch on that just a little bit, though, because again, I think it's I think that's an important part of the whole thing, right? So, so like if we take that example, somebody yeah. that you know who's died, and you still feel sorrow for whatever reason at the at the loss at the way they died, whatever whatever it is, right? But there's some sorrow about that person dying, moving on, that you want to still hold on to right but in order to to let it go we have to feel that sorrow right and that's part of the process because again i don't want people to just think it's like oh i'm just going to pick up some pennies and i'm just gonna you know i'm gonna walk two streets over and i'm gonna drop them and then they're gone right mm -hmm. it's it actually has to be this emotional release because we still have to push through those emotions now in, in instead of feeling it like every time you reach your hand in your in your pocket and you're you're living this for years right we can move through it quicker but we still have to move through the emotions right so what does that what does that kind of look like it's just a mental difference it's so when we cry and we're upset and we're burying it it feels different so you know i'm when i'm upset about something in the past uh you know i've i've cried and buried it and internalized it and then identified with it and that was my guilt and my sadness versus when i've worked things out i've cried and i've released it and i found gratitude in it and i thanked it and i loved it and and it's not fair to the, these people that have died either you know because they're at a better place and they've ascended and it's part of the cycle of life and it's any of the universe and so they get to have that honor and our honors coming very soon. And so it's not worth bearing into this shameful or painful experience. So it's really just about the mental concept of holding it and bearing it and being upset or pissed about it versus finding that gratitude, releasing it with love, with an open heart, not letting it go because it hurts you not letting it go because you feel like this is what you have to do to find that next level of spirituality or growth in your life, but truly letting it go out of true love and gratitude and just honoring it is probably the, the most powerful and profound way to do it. And me even knowing this stuff and doing it in the past and having, I've, I've released so many traumatic experiences that would just blow your mind. And, and the ones I hang on to are just so close to my heart. I almost enjoy the pain. And that's, that's the thing is it's, it's, I love thinking about, you know, like my grandfather, for example, when I was homeless, he was helping out. He couldn't, he couldn't, we couldn't live with him because my grandmother had Alzheimer's my grandfather suffered from strokes. They had their own separate bedrooms in this tiny little condo and they couldn't help us, but they owned the house that I was raised in. Right. So when my, my parents ended up going to prison and we can circle back to the real stories later, but, but ultimately my parents are in prison and I'm squatting in my house. I was raised in, in the sixth grade and my grandfather is coming over and he's bringing groceries and making sure I get up for school. And he's doing all these things to help out as much as he can, even though he can't take us in. 
And he comes over, I stood him up for dinner one night and he comes over, he had taken like our BB guns and stuff when my parents first went to prison. And we were upset about it, uh, me and my twin brother were upset about it and we expressed our upset, you know, that we were upset about it. And so we stand him up for dinner and he leaves my grandma's house. He leaves his house crying. The last thing he says to my grandma is those poor boys, they don't know where they belong. And then he comes over with all of our stuff. So he like shows up to the house and he's got our BB guns and all of our stuff in the back of his car. Like he was going to return it to us. And as he's walking up to the house, he has a stroke and dies in the front yard. And that was like our last line of defense into this cold world. Like he was the last person that loved us, the last person that was taking care of us. And then we felt like if we didn't stand him up for dinner, he wouldn't have been so stressed out that he died. And there's like all this pain that goes around it. And that's and that that penny, for some reason, I like, I would just rather sort of, I'm getting a little upset now, but I would rather cry about that. And I would rather feel the pain. Because for some reason, I just love my grandfather so much. That's hard to explain, right? So this is one of my roadblocks. This is like my biggest roadblock is how do I get rid of that penny? And what I've done is I've worked out every issue around it, you know, <laughs> like I've danced Because <laughs> you don't want to hit it right on. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and I get there and um, and I do have so much gratitude and so much love. And I really know because of him, I know what unconditional love is. And I may not ever experience unconditional love again in my life, ever. Um, and so and so having that, it just feels so good. And I know that I could release the pain and have that gratitude and honor it. And I don't ever have to cry about it again. I really don't. But I hang on to it. And so, you know, these things happen. I, like I said, I don't have it all figured out, but, but I've, I've gotten pretty far and I'm only just beginning. Well, no, and I think that's a, you know, thanks for sharing that. Cause I know that is, it's a, it's a personal thing. I don't know if you've ever shared that publicly or not, No, but it's, it's, um, I, I get it. I understand. I mean, you're, you're still, you love your grandfather. You want to honor him, honor the sacrifice that he made for you. And it feels like if you get rid of that penny, that you're get rid of, getting rid of him in a way. Even though I know that that's not true. I know. Because, because again, know logi that. logically, right, it's like, well, no, right? But He wants you, me to get rid of that penny. I'm not honoring him by keeping it. No, I'm, I can't sure, I, I'm sure he's coming back and tapping on you and like, dude, come on, what the fuck? Yeah, let it go. Like you're doing great stuff. Yeah, yeah. But 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 I can understand, and that's a great example of you know, all of us that are listening, myself included, I got pennies like that in my pocket too. Exactly that I, that I don't talk about. Right. I'll probably Which is the only reason it. I brought it up so that yeah. people know. And and it, and it's it's okay to talk about it. Right. I mean, it's it's, um, you know, a lot of times we feel guilt over things. Right. You know, just like that. I mean, again, it was the, the facts and circumstances. But like you said, right. Gosh, you know, if we hadn't stood him up for dinner. If he hadn't been upset, if we hadn't, you know, led to that, would 
would his blood pressure have gotten as high as it was and he ended up having a stroke, right? Um, I get it, right? I mean, because there's there's a lot of things that, you know, have happened in my life too, where it's like, I caused I caused it, but I didn't cause it, but I feel guilty about it, right? And it's like, some of these things define who we are, right? And so, like you said, it feels like if we get rid of some of these things, we're getting rid of who we are. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what a shamanic death is that you were talking about at the beginning, right? Is that we are, <clears throat> we're slowly changing who we are and becoming someone else in, in a no, way but... with, 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 yeah, without, without, you know, like you said, the memories are still there, but there's, there's not the attachment to it that there used to be. Right. And and a lot of the times, you know, we we don't we don't want to admit to ourselves, let alone admit to anybody else about a lot of these things, and so we don't. Which which is probably a, a good way for us to kind of kind of wrap up because I know I wanted to just touch on this briefly, because um, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do multiple episodes on this. I warned you beforehand too, but yeah. I think you're up for it too. So this is this is gonna be cool. Yeah, I'm excited, but. You know, I know one thing that I really appreciate about our friendship is we can have these kind of discussions. In fact, we're going to be having some of those here in a few days when we meet up. Um, but at the right at the beginning, you said it's about connecting with people on a soul level, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, for any of us, right? I mean, I mean, just kind of maybe explain what that means. Cause I, I, I think I know what you mean too, right? Because we're connected more at a soul level. So we can, we can have these discussions. I can, I can open up and admit to you things that I am embarrassed as I'll get out about, right. Or things that cause me pain. And you understand because you're connecting with me at a soul level, right? Yeah. As a brother, you know, here as well, but at a soul level and the same thing for you to me, right? Because we've had some of these discussions before and we're going to continue to, right? Um, of having people in your life that you can have these real conversations with. You know, again, at the beginning, we talked about people being kind of superficial. So what does it look like to actually connect with people at a soul level? How do you do that? Um, because it's got to it's got to go both ways too, right? But I'm guessing there's a lot of people out there that are like, man, I want that kind of a relationship with somebody, right? Or I, I need that. But how do they how do they how do they go about it? Or what what does that mean for you? Because I know you do have those kind of relationships with people. Yeah, and and it's and it's in my court. I create it the same way you can and everybody else can. And I think there's really complicated ways to discuss it but the the easiest if you want to connect with people on a soul level then you have to give to them radiate to them compassion and love and if you're sitting there and you're thinking in your mind compassion and love for this person 
they're going to feel that vibration. They're going to see it in your eyes. They're going to trust it. They're going to know it's there. And I live my whole life that way. Everybody I encounter, I think of that. And in the beginning, when I still had a chip on my shoulder and I was still pissed off and I was trying to work on this, it's really helpful. And this is, again, something I I didn't invent this, but uh, for me now, it's come so natural. I love everybody and I'm compassionate and, and we can sit together. And I truly, from the bottom of my heart, love connecting with you and you're safe with me. And you can tell me anything. I'm never going to judge you for it. You know, and, and that's part of the compassion is it's a lack of judgment. Um, if you have trouble doing that, you imagine the person that you're sitting across from somebody that you love dearly. And so, you know, I have a, I have a female uh, from childhood that I grew up with that I love dearly like a sister. And when I'm dealing with women and uh, in a business conversation or personal life or any situation and i'm in the beginning you know when i wanted to make sure there was a certain level of compassion and respect and trust in that relationship i would initially pretend like that person was was sitting in front of me instead of reacting or judging or, or trying to fix things i just accept that person love them and i'm just ready for it and that helps when you get cut off on the road too imagine someone you love is driving that car and so there's like little things that you can do to help build compassion and love and respect towards others. And if you're doing that, you're going to attract more of those compassionate people. And then you're just naturally going to have these deeper connections and these better conversations and these a better quality of friendship coming. Because there's no way that a loving, compassionate, heartfelt person is going to end up surrounded by a bunch of angry dogs you know what i mean so like that's the biggest shortcut if you were if there was like an answer with the shortcut in my opinion that's going to be your shortcut well and that's a good shortcut just like the one that we talked about before with manifesting the shortcut for that is just be in gratitude as much as you can yep um and let's not discount it by calling it a shortcut either because it's so powerful it's so and, and, it, and it's work. It still is work, right? It's, it is. It's, it's simple work in that it doesn't take a lot of time, but it's still sometimes hard work, right? And it like takes it, attention. It, it, always it, attention. Yeah, because if somebody's sitting across from you yelling at you and angry and you have to, well, it reminds me of the, the movie Waterboy, right? <laughs> Adam Sandler. And there's a part in there where, you know, the, the coach, you know, and, and him, they're like looking at somebody else and they're imagining like this mean guy is, has like this baby, this cute baby face and like, oh, cute. Oh, you know, kind of a thing. Right. But it's but it's like that when somebody's, you know, doing that, that you're you're seeing them and you're giving them compassion and love like you would a child or someone else that you love right? Your dog even, right? I yeah. mean, who just someone, something that you do have that compassion and unconditional love for and just start radiating that out. Because like you said, you'll start getting it back as well, right? It's a great stepping stone. I don't have to do that anymore, but it was the only way to do it in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's a really good stepping stone. Hmm. 
And there's one of those compassionate, unconditional love uh, little guys right there in Steel. Yeah. <laughs> For those of you that are watching the video, you can see Steel his dog. Well, Eric, I appreciate you taking time today. I mean, like I said, we can we can keep going. There we go. Now he's in. Now he's in the full frame. For those of you watching the video, I gave up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, any anything else? I I really, I really do appreciate you. I mean, I appreciate what you've done for me, and I know what you will continue to do. You know, with me, and that I hopefully will do for you too as your friend. Um, but for sharing too, because again, I think. Like I said, there's a lot of people out there that are copycatting, that are charlatans, that really don't know what they're talking about. Uh, but you're uh, you're the real deal, man. I mean, you've lived through things that would make most people's skin crawl, right? And and you are you are such an example of how anyone can work through whatever shit right life might throw you and and so i really appreciate you i appreciate you coming on and sharing with other people because i think a lot of times people just need a little hope and a little you know a little nudge like hey if eric can do it then i can do it too right i mean i, I and i'm not you know i'm not sleeping in a in a wet field in the middle of winter in virginia because I'm homeless and starved, right? I'm not even that far off. He did it. I can do it too, right? Yeah. And it's even just just doing some of these simple little things that you talked about today is one step in the right direction, right? Having gratitude, seeing what you did during the day, giving yourself some compassion and grace, you know, giving compassion and love to other people and just trying to spread that all around so any final things that that no i mean out today no, before we have to sh shut off no I'm, i appreciate um thank you for seeing me and thanks for being a brother of mine and connecting with me in this life it's an honor to know you and i'm stoked to come back on and share more we can get into some real pain down the road and and uh, really discuss how to uh, break through it so it'd be fun to have more conversations but um well, and, and I'm excited for all the stuff that you're that you're working on too, because again, I know some of the vision of how you want to help change this world, which I'm very excited for. It's coming very soon. Yeah, it's coming very soon, and I'm I'm excited to start helping to share that um, with other people as well, because I, um, yeah, this world needs some help. Any any little thing that we can do. Any day, even just smiling to somebody and not flipping them off, you know, when they get out of traffic, right? Every little thing, every little pearl, you know, is is a step in the right direction. So um thank you. Bottom of my heart, man. Yes, sir. We'll have we'll have you back again. Awesome. All right, thanks. All right. Love you, brother. Love you too. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. The fact that you listened to this entire episode means you got value and others will too. Do me a favor and leave a five-star review with comments 
and then share with others. You can also check out all of my videos on my YouTube channel and my website, jasonmefford.com. This podcast is primarily for education and commentary and does not represent professional advice. Views and opinions expressed on this show are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.